When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Welcome to Hale Varsity Radio, the voice of Husker Nation. Insight, opinion, expertise, with the biggest and best names talking Nebraska across the state. Join the show on Twitter at Hale Varsity and at Schmitz underscore radio. Call in at 402-466-ESPN or 1-800-825-5865. Here's Chris Schmitz. Welcome to it, A. Tuesday edition of Hale Varsity Radio presented by the Nebraska Lottery. This is Elijah Herbal taking you through the show today. Back into the studio. I was out yesterday as uh, Connor Clark took you through a hybrid edition yesterday. And uh, we had a best of show rolling Saturday. So it's been a while since we have talked. Uh, Last Wednesday, to be exact, was the last live show we had. Will Wilson and I took you through that one. And then we were off. Thursday and Friday for NCAA tournament coverage. As I told you, a best of show Saturday. Uh, Connor took in you through yesterday, and now I am back in on a Tuesday as we're back into the normal rhythm of things. Fully live shows from here on out. Chris Schmidt back tomorrow as he's, I'm sure, going to have a ton to talk about as six days off the air for Chris Schmidt is. Uh, I didn't know it was possible for him, to be completely honest with you. That guy is just always in here grinding it out. Uh, But uh, for today, it is just me in here on the show. Going to be channeling my inner Jim Rome, Colin Cowherd, Dan Patrick, whoever you like listening to, really. Those guys that are just so incredible at sitting in a studio and talking for hours on end every single day. That's what I'm going to be trying to do here today. Uh, We'll see how successful I am at it as uh, Connor uh, with prior obligations down at the university and Will Wilson, who is going to be in here today. Well, he ended up chipping a tooth over the weekend and uh, his dentist could only get him in this afternoon. So he is getting that chipped tooth all fixed up. Wish I had a cool story to tell you of how he did it. Like using an amateur MMA fight or something, nothing cool like that. Your uh, run of the mill chipped tooth for Will Wilson. He's getting that fixed. I know it's been causing him some discomfort and he's even been talking a little bit funny if you've been listening to uh, any of the mornings here locally on ESPN. Lincoln, he's getting that fixed. Excited for him. I know he's been looking forward to that meaning. I will be in here solo today running the show for you. Uh, you can, if you want, try to give me a call, 402-466-3776, but create some complications with me not being able to talk into a microphone and field phone calls at the same time. So your best bet, if you want to get connected with the show today, probably to call during a break and we'll get you live on the air during our next segment. Uh, But if you do call during a segment, don't be surprised if I'm unable to take your call. I do apologize for that. Uh, But there are some other ways for you to get connected with the show today as well. You can find me and follow me on Twitter at Herbal Essences. Uh, And you can uh, send me a tweet. It's a great way to get in contact with me. 
Uh, you can also send an email to the show, Chris at HaleVarsity.com, and Chris will do his best to forward those over to me. But those are your best ways to get connected with the show here today. Got a good show coming up as we're leaving the entire first hour free from interviews. We're going to be discussing uh, a lot of things, really a laundry list, as uh, it's been a while since we have last talked. I know we've had the Husker women's team falling in the NCAA tournament. Uh, we had uh, a couple departures from the Husker basketball team. Doc Sadler, Matt Abdelmassi, and Bryce McGowan's declaring for the NBA. I know Connor touched on that just a little bit yesterday. We'll get into that some more here today. We also have some Husker football news and notes as the Huskers back in action down at the Hawks Championship Center this morning. And uh, the coaches meeting with the media will have some cuts for you as uh, Bill Bush, Mickey Joseph had some good stuff. We'll, we'll get into that here in this first hour. And then coming up in hour two, we'll have Jacob Padilla as uh, we'll d- we dive a little more into the news about Husker basketball as well as some pro day results from the Huskers today. That'll be leading off hour one. And then we got recruiting recon coming up with Greg Smith at about 525. That's what you can look forward to on the show today as uh, before we get into any of the the news and notes the nuts and bolts if you will of the husker news from the past five days where we have been away do have some housekeeping to bring to you and that's that this weekend didn't exactly go as planned what we were planning on doing this weekend i told you last wednesday if you listen to that show we're planning on having a normal saturday show for you followed up by a normal show yesterday uh, but uh, my immune system really came in and threw a wrench into the party as I uh, came down with the flu over the weekend, and I just felt like absolute garbage. It was kind of one of those cases of uh, anything that could go wrong. It did go wrong for our scheduling, as uh, I was going to be taking you through the Saturday morning show with uh, Brandon Vogel and Gary Sharp. That did not happen because I was just feeling like garbage. Uh, got home Friday night and uh, I ended up actually missing a, a good number of the NCAA tournament games because I fell asleep on my couch very early. Ended up sleeping about 10 hours that night. Came and did the Hale Varsity show. Felt like absolute trash. So went home and slept for about another seven hours. Uh, this isn't a, a pity party by any means. Just want to explain what the situation was going down this weekend. So that's why we went for a best of show on Saturday. Now I was still feeling under the weather yesterday. So big thank you to Connor Clark for stepping in on late notice yesterday and uh, giving you a hybrid show as uh, he had a pretty good interview yesterday with uh, former Husker defensive coordinator Charlie McBride. Wouldn't want to miss a Monday with Charlie. So big thanks to Connor Clark for stepping up and doing that. And then scheduling today, I told you about Will Wilson and his tooth, so that didn't work out. So uh, while Chris Schmidt was away, it was uh, essentially me trying to fight a fire here in the ESPN Lincoln studios getting you through Hale Varsity, but we're back here on a Tuesday. I'm feeling a little bit better. I'm not sure if you can tell uh, at home. Still got a little bit of gravel in my voice. I'm sure you can hear it if you go back and listen to the show on Saturday. Uh, just a little bit of gravel, but nothing that can stop me uh, from giving you a radio show today. There's just way too much to talk about for me to not come in here and uh, give you the news of the day. So that's what's going on here with Hale Varsity. I'll be taking you through here today before Chris Schmidt returns tomorrow and we get back to a sense of normalcy Thursday and Friday. Schmidt's going to be back here as we're going to be getting you ready for Sweet 16 action. That's all coming up later in the week. But let's quickly Take a little rewind back to those uh, those days last Thursday and Friday. We had NCAA tournament coverage here locally on ESPN Lincoln. For our listeners across the state, you did not get any Hale Varsity radio. I guess 
our listeners here in Lincoln didn't either. But we did have a lot of news coming down, uh, just a lot of Husker happenings. As uh, let's start it off with the Husker women's basketball team falling in disappointing fashion to Gonzaga. ESPN Lincoln was actually out at Longwell's on Friday as we watched the Husker women fall. Uh, I don't think it's anything that the Husker women can hang their <clears throat> their head at. It was a, a different stylistic matchup than what we're uh, than what the Huskers were used to in the the Big Ten this season. Uh, Gonzaga played a little bit differently. They had a hard time shutting down that Gonzaga shooting. Uh, Huskers getting into some foul trouble. Obviously, the Big Ten, both in men's and women's, a more physical conference uh, than what you can expect. And I think you even see that with the the men's NCAA tournament with a couple straight years now of watching the Big Ten struggle through the first couple rounds. I think one of the areas you can really look at is that that difference in officiating from the the physical, rugged, uh, rough-and-tumble Big Ten to the NCAA tournament where where they're calling things a little bit differently. You got refs coming from different conferences doing your games. Uh, And I even think back to Nebraska's matchup with Baylor, uh, that awesome team with uh, Siobhan Shields, Tran Petaway, Walter Pitchford. That team looked so hot at the end of the season. No-sit Sunday was incredible, and they show up against Baylor, and Nebraska pretty quickly got into foul trouble, uh, calling some ticky-tacky calls, got Nebraska out of its rhythm, and Nebraska really didn't get a chance to put up its best showing. And that doesn't seem to be a, an exclusive problem for Nebraska. Big Ten teams seem to face that all over when they get into the NCAA tournament, and, and because of that, uh, only Purdue and Michigan making it to the Sweet 16 this year, really not uh, the showing that a lot of Big Ten fans expected this year, but based on the history of what we've seen over the past couple of years, it, it, it's almost to be expected at this point that the Big Ten teams are, are going to struggle in the first and second round of the NCAA tournament as they really get used to the kind of officiating they're going to face. So uh, the Husker women struggling on Friday a little bit with, uh, with similar circumstances. They fall to Gonzaga, but this Husker women's team is young. They'll battle back, so we're going to have a, a couple more years with a lot of these great players. I know Markowski's only a freshman. Uh, Jazz Shelley with that COVID year, technically only a sophomore. Uh, Izzy Bourne uh, also with that COVID year, only a sophomore. So <clears throat> a lot of returning talent coming back for this Husker women's basketball team. Uh, not the way they wanted to finish this year, but I think it is going to be a great learning experience moving forward. And, and that's what this NCAA tournament was all about, was learning, getting better, and uh, there is green grass coming for that Husker women's basketball team, which is funny because it's been a bit of a dreary day here in Lincoln, Nebraska, but I did notice in my front lawn as I was uh, coming over here to work that I was seeing some some green grass coming up, and, and that's one of the things that is just so nice to see when you get a dreary day like this. All rain doesn't feel much like like you want spring to feel like, but then you see that green grass coming up, and it puts a smile on your face. That's what the, the Husker women's basketball team is doing for me as well. You see that green grass that, that could be coming next season and uh, puts a smile on my face. Husker women's basketball team, great season, uh, really giving Husker fans something to watch and be hopeful for all winter long. So uh, great season from the Husker women. As for the Husker men's basketball team, uh, another exciting, well, maybe not exciting, but dramatic weekend as uh, a lot of changes being announced from uh, Bryce McGowan's declaring to the NBA. I know Connor talked about that leading off the show yesterday as uh, Bryce, best of him going off to the NBA. We'll, we'll get back to that here in just a second, as well as with Jacob Padilla coming up next hour. But wh- where I want to start this with is the staff changes. We knew staff changes were going to be imminent for this Husker basketball team. I don't think any of these 
came as a surprise to anybody uh, with Matt Abdomassi being shown the door as well as Doc Sadler. And when you look at uh, just the guys that were, were most likely, uh, Coach Nate Linzer came in last offseason, really didn't think he was at risk only being here one year. It's the guys that, that have been here and have been a part of the problem. And uh, at, at the end of the day, you look at this Husker basketball team, and there, there are problems. It's, it's as simple as that from roster construction uh, to team continuity uh, to effort on certain nights. There's just a, a multitude of problems with the Husker basketball team. It's why they're not consistent. It's why they're losing games. Change is needed. And I think the obvious one, the one that everyone is expecting, was that Matt Abdomassi uh, will be replaced before next season because uh, Abdomassi, as we've talked about so many times on this show, orchestrated the recruiting, really constructed the rosters himself. He did it for uh, for Hoiberg at Iowa State and did a great job there. But I wonder if, if the changing landscape of college basketball with, with the transfer portal. I mean, you look at Iowa State. They did so great on identifying impact transfers and being able to bring those guys in. And the transfer portal, I think, is just open it up to all programs. You don't just see these these teams that are middling in Power 5 conferences start using those transfers anymore. You have guys from Duke uh, that are, are transfers, guys from Kentucky that are transfers, the, the top teams, Arizona. Uh, I mean, I, I, the list goes on and on of these top teams in the country that are utilizing the transfer portal, getting instant impact guys into their program. So it's no longer like uh, it was at Iowa State where Fred was competing with the, the, the middle-of-the-road teams in Power 5 to get some of these recruits that could be instant impact guys. Nebraska, if they're looking for a recruit now, is going to be going up against the who's who of college basketball, even here in the Big Ten. Uh, I mean, Nebraska, with recent results, with the fact that Nebraska still hasn't won a Big Ten tournament game, is, is facing an uphill battle if they have to go into a, a recruiting battle for a transfer with a team like Michigan State, with a team like even Michigan. Ohio State, Wisconsin, all those teams have a proven track record of success. And, and Nebraska, for their own right, did a great job getting some transfers uh, to the NBA. I mean, you look at Delano Banton, the guy who uh, went off to the NBA. And uh, I mean, even further back, and it's a different era, but Tran Petaway and Walter Pitchford had great careers at Nebraska coming uh, from the transfer portal. I guess it wasn't the transfer portal back then, but you get what I'm saying, where Nebraska does have a track record with these guys. But once you start competing against those those who's who, it's just not going to work anymore. And we saw that with Abdul Massey. The transfers he brought in either weren't up to snuff for the Big Ten or didn't have the mentality for the Big Ten. And whenever you have three years of repeated failure, it's time for a change. And Matt Abdul Massey uh, will not return to Husker basketball in 2022 and 2023. I think uh, Husker fans think that's a... A welcome change, not to put words into anyone's mouth, but uh, I'm excited to see what a new future could bring. Maybe Fred will be more hands-on with the recruiting approach. As we've discussed here on this show, we, we think that's uh, going to be crucial, paramount to the success of Husker basketball moving forward. That Fred Hoiberg does indeed have a little bit more of a hands-on approach, and that's what the other coaches in the Big Ten are doing. You look at Matt Painter at Purdue. Uh, he does a great job going and identifying talent himself and, and bringing it in. That's just the, the hallmark of what you need to succeed in the Power Five conference, and we'll see what Fred Hoiberg uh, can do with a more hands-on approach to recruiting. Um, but, but the other coach who I don't want to leave out here is, is Doc Sadler, and, and this one hits home for me just because Doc Sadler is Husker basketball. Uh, and I, I know I'm a, a younger uh, younger member of the media here looking at this, but Doc Sadler was, was who 
my childhood was watching Nebraska basketball, watching those teams with, with Lance Jeter, with Alec Marks, uh, with Ray Gallegos, just so many awesome, awesome uh, players and memories from those Doc Sadler years at Nebraska when he was the head coach. It was great to see him come back. We were, we were hoping for a success. I mean, Doc, so great defensively throughout his entire tenure of, as a head coach, as an assistant coach, really anywhere, and it did not translate here at Nebraska. We, we, we wanted differently from Doc Sadler, but those results did not come for Doc. So this one is is a little bit bittersweet for me whenever I just think of my memories with Doc Sadler and, and what he brought to this Husker basketball team. Uh, as I said, he is Husker basketball, uh, at least in my mind. So it's tough to see him go, but I think it's also – important to to see and appreciate change is needed here at nebraska matt abdomassi being shown the door it only makes sense that doc uh, be shown the door as well with uh the defensive results here at nebraska over the past couple of years they, they aren't up to snuff and i'm excited to see where nebraska goes next my personal take is for both of these positions if they both do get filled uh for a like for like role I, i'd like to see some guys with some college basketball experience some guys who who understand the big 10 really because Fred Hoiberg's system of NBA positionless basketball hasn't worked so far. We'll get some uh, Husker football thoughts, pro day, and more coming up after this. It's Hale Varsity Radio presented by the Nebraska Lottery. Hello, listener. Hey, it's Chris Schmidt with Hale Varsity Radio, and I wanted to let you know about a special deal just for listeners of the Hale Varsity Radio Show podcast. We're offering $10 off the annual subscription price of $29.99. That means that you, for less than $20, can get everything we do. 10 issues of our monthly magazine, our annual football yearbook, and all the premium content we produce at HaleVarsity.com. Just go to HaleVarsity.com backslash subscribe and enter in the promo code GBR for $10 off a full year of Hale Varsity. That's HaleVarsity.com backslash subscribe promo code GBR. And we're back. Fellas, you think we could listen to the radio? On Hale Varsity Radio, presented by the Nebraska Lottery. Yes! That's awesome! Back here on a Tuesday edition of Hale Varsity Radio, presented by the Nebraska Lottery. It's Elijah Herbal. Uh, filling in for Chris Schmidt today, as uh, today is my Jordan flu game, if you will, recovered from the flu mostly, uh, had a little bit of a tickle in my throat going at the end of the last segment, but I, I popped a cough drop, it's uh, giving my throat some soothing, and I'm already feeling better, so I'm going to keep on powering through, got uh, a, a triple-double left to me today, still, if you will, so uh, powering through today as a, a big... Newsday for the Husker football team. Bill Bush and Mickey Joseph both meeting with the media today. We'll get some thoughts from them here in just a second. But first, I want to continue that that conversation from back in first segment about the Husker basketball team. We talked to Abdul Massey. We talked Doc Sadler. We'll get actually uh, more thoughts on uh, that situation with Jacob Padilla leading off hour two. That's when uh, Jacob Padilla is going to join us again at 5.06, leading off hour two of Hale Varsity Radio today, as we'll also get some thoughts on uh, the departure of Bryce McGowan's, which is what I want to get into just briefly here as uh, Bryce McGowan's off to the NBA. don't think it's necessarily all that unexpected that he is making this jump. We all knew uh, that uh, as a five-star being one of the top guys in the country, one and done was going to be his goal. And uh, stacking those uh, Big Ten freshman honors week after week after week, it felt like 
means uh, it wasn't all that unexpected as today he signed with Rock Nation Sports. Uh, that is Jay-Z's uh, sports agency That's uh, who's going to be representing him through the pre-draft and draft process. So uh, good luck off to Bryce. But the question becomes, is there anybody or, or is that even going to be the goal? Is it going to be replacing Bryce McGowan's as, <coughs> excuse me, uh, Bryce really, I mean, uh, brought such an element off the wing and you saw him get better as the year went on. Obviously wasn't a finished product at any point this season. But his shot selection got better, uh, his ability to go beat his man off the dribble, even his defensive effort got better and better as the year went on. And I, I personally would have loved to see Bryce here for another season to see if he can have that that Jordan Ivy-esque season where, you know, pretty good freshman year becomes an, and, and dominates in year two and really works his way up into, into lottery contention. You saw the same thing with Keegan Murray at Iowa this season, so... Uh, personally, selfishly, that's what I was hoping for, but not surprising to see him go. The question is going to become with Bryce McGowan's out with Alonzo Verge headed out. I mean, that's two of your top three scorers on the team right there. Um, and I guess you'd probably throw the third in as, as Derek Walker's another guy who's got a, a decision to make. Um, but where does Nebraska go for scoring offensively next season? That's what the question becomes. Uh, we'll, we'll see if any of these new additions coming in. I mean, Nebraska's got a, a revamped uh, recruiting pitch going now with new coaches coming in. We'll, we'll see where Nebraska decides to go, tries to go to, to fill the void. Um, as maybe it's a, a money ball type thing, you know, where, oh, well, we got 25 points a game. We got to replace here. We can, we can fill it in the aggregate. Love that movie, Moneyball. Uh, we'll see what Hoiberg decides to do, and we'll talk about that a little bit more with Jacob Padilla leading off next hour. But let's move to some Husker football thoughts here as coaches meeting with the media this morning. Uh, the, the two coaches that really stood out to me, Bill Bush and Mickey Joseph. We'll get thoughts from Mickey Joseph here in uh, just a second, uh, probably the 440 segments when we'll get to Mickey Joseph. But I want to start off with Bill Bush because who, who would have thought Four years ago, I know I would have been surprised if you told me four years ago that in four years, one of the most popular coaches for spring football will be this special teams coordinator. Special teams has been a problem through Frost's whole tenure here, but Bill Bush, from what he's saying at his media session, is really trying to, to flip the script, and he got into a little bit of what he's trying to do to flip the script, but first, uh, we discussed the weather this morning. Weather was, uh, I don't want to say a classic Nebraska spring day, but Sure wasn't pretty out there this morning. Windy, rainy, cold. Well, uh, Bill Bush had his special teamers out playing in the elements. This is good stuff from uh, from Coach Bush on what they did at practice this morning. So, uh, you know, we're talking about the the weather situation we had today. So, obviously, I've learned that from uh, golfers. You know, talking about golfers always talk about if you get you know, a rainy day, get out there and play. And so uh, any sort of weather we get, you can't be like, well, we'd like to work in the wind, but we don't have a wind machine. So today we had a little bit of, we had moisture. Uh, we had real high winds. It was probably a little harder on them because we did it on the practice field. So there's no stadium blocking the stuff. But today we did everything. We did kickoffs into that wind and into that cold and into the snow. And then we did uh, uh, punts into it. It can do it with it. So all those, and then we also, then we kick field goals and extra points with it too. So. Uh, it was a good challenge for him. It was a good mental challenge for him like that. And every opportunity we get with weather, we're always going to use it uh, to be able to get out and get that done. Guys handled it really well. They're excited about doing it. So we're, we got good work with it. We'll have to ask uh, Shuey about that next time we talk to him, whether he's a, a believer in getting out whenever it's raining and getting your golf game going. Personally, that's not for me. 
not for me. I'll, I'll stay inside. I'll get a, the fireplace going, get underneath a blanket, and watch a movie on a rainy day. But it's uh, why I'm not a Division One athlete. I guess that's why I'm not a professional golfer. So excited to get Shuey's thoughts on that next time we talk to him. But more here from Coach Bill Bush. Talked about the, the kickers and the punters getting out in the weather. And one of those guys uh, that is expected to fill a huge role this season for Nebraska is Brian Buscini, the puncher. You, you heard us talk to him back on signing day a couple months ago about uh, what it means to him coming in here to Nebraska from uh, Mon- the state of Montana, getting in here, stepping into a role where it's expected that he's going to be the number one guy and he needs to get results. Bill Bush uh, spoke a little bit about Brian Buscini and what his impressions are of uh, Buscini through the first couple weeks of spring camp. Uh, you know, the, the couple things, you know, with Brian, uh, with Buscini is that he's done it at an elite level. You know, he was the, the, the kicker of the year last year at, at uh, FCS, so that's very impressive. So he's done this. He's had his makeup is very good to be able to handle those situations. So very impressed with just how he, he has a great routine. We give him a routine with what he has to be able to get done and he attacks it uh, with great diligence. You know, give you an example for spring break. His spring break was going with his former punting coach and flew down to be able to go see him and work with him. So that's pretty impressive to be able to get that done. But he's uh, got a very good even demeanor, uh, which you have to have like that because you don't, not every punt's perfect, not every kick's perfect. So you got to be able to have a, a, a short memory, but also a good demeanor on how you handle things right there. And he's done a great job with that so far. So very impressed with his work ethic. So Bashini's uh, definitely a guy that's going to be working for uh, starting reps in a, a position that Nebraska really needs it. Bashini's obviously the top guy in the room, but Bush also spent a little bit of time talking about the other guys in the room, what he's looking for from them, just the entire room, what he needs from those guys. And the number one thing he mentioned was consistency. Uh, need a little bit more consistency with them. They'll have some punts that you that, that are wows, and so we have to be. You got to just be. It's, it's a lot of like golf. It's like that 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 guy down the fairway. So we're looking for 42, 43 yards with hang time. That's that's great. We love fair catches. That's our that's our job. I, I tell you, it's a punter gunner game. Gunners are the outside two guys. I want hang time. I want the ball controlled because anytime as a special teams coach, if I'm coaching someone that's bombing balls, I can't wait to get a return on you because we're, we're going to catch the ball. With about 25 yards of space and so you want to be able to get the net is what you want to be able to get done if you average in that area you're going to be top five in the country so that's uh coach bill bush's thoughts on really what he wants from his punters what he wants from the expected starter in brian buscini this offseason and the initial reports out of fall camp are uh that uh, buscini's living up to the villain uh, the billing excuse me people saying uh, he's hitting the ceiling in the hawks championship center when he wants to uh, and, and as you heard Bill Bush say, went back home for spring break to get more work in. A uh, guy just seems like a, a professional and uh, how he's treating uh, spring football here uh, coming into a job that he knows is his to lose. So excited to see what we can get from Brian Buscini. Good stuff there from Bill Bush. Let's get some more thoughts here from Bill Bush as uh, he also discussed what he wants from the returners, where the return game is at so far. As I know the, the punting position isn't sexy by any means. You go out there on fourth down and you go out there because the offense has failed. But on the other hand, the return game is sexy. Nebraska hasn't had a, a good dynamic returner in here who you know can, can go and make a play since J.D. Spielman. I mean, J.D. Spielman's the last guy to house a punt or kick return for this Husker football team. And Nebraska's been lacking dynamic playmakers uh, at that position. So Bill Bush, uh, more from his media session this morning, uh, telling the media where the return game is at at this point in the spring. I've been very happy with them, you know, but in, in the punt return game, one of the pluses is that we've added two people when Trey Palmer, 
who's done it live, you know, at LSU, and obviously I was with him at LSU, so I know him very well. And then, so that was a big, uh, a big plus for us. Then Tommy Hill's been—he's a natural at it. He's been doing a great job with us there. And then also, I, I challenged Brody Belt really hard. Uh, uh, Brody had an okay year with it last year, and we—I felt it could be better in some spots. And so I really challenged him. Brody's a really good player. He's a natural punt returner. He's a natural kick returner also, and an off returner. So he's done a really good job, you know, in that phase for us right there. So I, I really like where those three guys are at. We have a lot of uh, youth there also uh, uh, with uh, with uh, Grimes is doing a nice job for us at those spots. So a lot of guys are getting reps right now to be able to get it done. And then in the kickoff phase right there, the the uh, in the return phase, the off returner is probably the most important guy. And uh, Winemaster has done an unbelievable job at that. He's done a really good job of being smart. So we've done a lot of work on that phase already. I think the encouraging takeaway from that was that the first two guys he mentioned are, are newcomers coming in here and, and making a name. We know from what we've seen on the roster, I mean, different coaching can, can lead to different results. But I, I don't think we've seen guys who look entirely comfortable back there in the return game to, A, make a safe-handed catch, and then, B, make that quick decision. Is it going to be a fair catch, or am I going to get a chance at return? And then, C, to, to go and actually make a play once you decide that it's your turn it's your time to, to go and make a play and make your turn you got a chance to score uh, I mean it, it's a it's a complicated job that those returners have back there and uh, I mean I couldn't do it I'll, I'll say that for certain and, and I, I didn't see any guys in the roster last season that looked like they had the, the potential to be game changers at that position so it's good to see Bill Bush talking about uh, a couple new guys and Tommy Hill and uh, Trey Palmer being guys that, that are, are naturals back there and are doing it well. Uh, last thought here from Bill Bush before we take a break, discussing what he is looking for and the returners that are going to see the field. What, what does he want to see from those guys? They're going to tell him they're ready for playtime on Saturdays. One thing about punt returner is, so you walk into the room and it's uh, uh, first day of meeting any sort of that, and you're like, who wants to return kickoffs? And 30 guys put their hand up like that because they catch the ball and the other the guy's 30 yards away from them. Who wants to be a punt returner like that? There's like three guys. It's like, and so I said that before in, to the media, my favorite people in the world, obviously, is my wife, my daughters, and a punt returner. Because that, that's a man's job to stand back there with your chin up in the air and the wind blowing. And if they're within one yard, they can take a free shot at you. So that's a real dude. And so I just look for how natural they are at catching the ball, like to how well they can just adjust. They just have an idea. You really don't make a great center fielder either. That guy just sees the ball off the bat, boom, runs over there and catches it. That's what you look for first, is the ability to track the ball and to be able to have a good feel for that, and then how they catch it naturally like that, and then how fast they can get started uh, back up the field like that. So it's all about making someone miss. There's never, there may not never, but in general, a, a great punt return, there's never going to be one. It's like, man, we just blocked everybody and ran for 40 yards. It's going to be, no, we, we got him started. He made someone miss, and we had great effort down the field. That's Bill Bush. More coming up after the break here on Hail Varsity. Hello, listener. This is Brandon Vogel, Managing Editor of Hail Varsity, and I wanted to let you know about a special deal just for listeners of the Hail Varsity Radio Show podcast. We're offering $10 off the annual subscription price of $29.99. That means that you, for less than $20, can get everything we produce, 10 issues of our monthly magazine, our annual football yearbook, and all of the premium content we produce at hailvarsity.com. Just go to hailvarsity.com slash subscribe and enter the promo code GBR for $10 off a full year of Hail Varsity. That's hailvarsity.com slash subscribe, promo code GBR. And now, and now back to Hail Varsity Radio. 
back in here to the Elijah Herbal Show. Just kidding. That was a good one, right? Haha. It's Hail Varsity Radio presented by the Nebraska Lottery as uh, Chris Schmidt is out today traveling back from Arizona. He will be back and will return to a sense of normalcy for the show tomorrow. For now, it's Elijah Herbal taking you through this Tuesday edition as we're back into uh, fully live shows. And we have uh, our first interviews coming up here in just about 20 minutes as Jacob Padilla's leading off hour two with us. And we'll also have Greg Smith for some recruiting recon. It's Huskers with a big in uh, it's literally and figuratively a big visitor in Caden Green who was on campus. We'll get Greg Smith on Greg Smith's take on him as well as some other guys the Huskers are uh, currently recruiting right now but we do have some breaking news into the show we'll bring you before we get you some thoughts from Mickey Joseph and his media session this morning and that is a, another departure for this Husker basketball team we already told you about Abdul Massey already told you about Doc Sadler already told you about Bryce McGowan's now we have Eduardo Andre entering the transfer portal officially this came down about 10 minutes ago that uh, Eduardo has made the decision that he will be taking his talents elsewhere. And uh, you got to wonder what this means uh, for a, a guy like Derek Walker. Does that mean Derek Walker has decided he's going to come back? And Eduardo Andre saw the writing on the wall with a guy like Blaze Chieta coming in from junior college, a highly touted Juco kid, seeing that along with maybe Derek Walker coming back. Don't want to read too far into this, but you see that. And is that the, the, the writing on the wall that, well, maybe it's time to go or does uh, does Fred Hoiberg have a different vision for what he wants down low? And this is a, a bit of a mutual decision saying we, we, we want to take uh, what our big men are doing in, in a different direction. I guess time will tell and uh, we'll get Jacob Badilla's take on that. But that is the news into the show this afternoon on a Tuesday. Eduardo Andre, excuse me, will not be in, or will not be returning to Husker basketball. He has entered his name into the transfer portal. And we'll see where he is going. Also news from yesterday, speaking of the transfer portal, that uh, Nebraska, one of their pass rushers, Feldarius Payne, earlier in the offseason, he was into the transfer portal, took his name out of the transfer portal, seemed like he'd be returning to Nebraska, then re-entered his name back into the transfer portal. He has picked a destination, and that is Virginia Tech. Excited to see what Feldarius Payne can do at Virginia Tech. But that leaves a very uh, noticeable hole for the Huskers along the defensive line in terms of who is going to be getting after the passer. That is another subject we'll be bringing up with Greg Smith there in hour two. He had a pretty good article about uh, what the Huskers uh, could be looking for in the transfer portal for some instant impact guys at pass at the pass rush spot. Uh, we will get his take on that here coming up in hour two. But uh, let's get back to uh, what the Husker coaching staff said at their media session today as uh, some interesting thoughts from Mickey Joseph on the wide receivers, on how college football has changed. Well, let's start out with what his impressions are of Casey Thompson. Casey's obviously been the guy coming in here. M- Mickey Joseph, uh, excuse me, I should say Mark Whipple, didn't sugarcoat it after the first day of practice saying, yeah, he's the guy we're rolling with. He's the guy that's the number one guy as of today. That could change, but we're starting with him taking the number one reps as of day one. Uh, Mickey Joseph went to the podium today. One of the first questions he answered was, about Casey Thompson and how Casey fits here and how Joseph on the new expected QB1, Casey Thompson. You know, um, I met CT on my recruiting visit to Oklahoma. He was already there. He was um, um, he was red-shirting that year. 
and that's when I, I met CT um, probably 1986 and we've just been friends ever since you know and and when it was time for Casey to come here you know he reached out to me and we talked and you know and I, I thought this would be a good fit for Casey you know I, I thought you know Casey had some trust issues at the, the last school he was at and I thought if he came here he wouldn't have to have those trust issues that he was going to trust the process he could pr trust what coach Frost was doing trust Whipple and trust myself. So that's Mickey Joseph on uh, Casey Thompson, as well as on his father, uh, Charles Thompson, who Husker fans remember uh, fondly, we'll say. Uh, Husker fans uh, obviously uh, got to play against uh, Charles Thompson. I shouldn't say Husker fans, but the Husker fans remember watching the Huskers play against Charles Thompson. Now uh, we're uh, excited to see what Casey Thompson brings to this offense. And, and uh, another interesting little tidbit here from Mickey Joseph on, on Casey Thompson, really saying yeah, Casey Thompson is QB1. We wouldn't have brought him here if he wasn't going to be our QB1, which is something we haven't heard uh, that bluntly from the Husker coaching staff. But Mickey really confirming it here, saying, yeah, we, we brought Casey here to be the guy. Well, you, you hate to say this, but this is the way the NCAA's got it right now. With this transfer portal, you got to treat this like free agency. So Casey's no, no, no different than Ryan or Deshaun Watson going into the new camp. You're the guy. You're getting here, but you're the guy. This, 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 this college football landscape has changed. This is, this is considered, with the transfer portal, this is considered, to me, free agency. And, I mean, that's the way you got to play the game. If you don't play the game like that, you're not going to catch up to, to those schools that's already out in front of it. So, obviously, that, that changing landscape of college football, that is really the, the first time we've heard a, a Husker coach say it that bluntly. Like, yeah, we, we went into free agency to go get our quarterback one. Uh, and it, it's, I'm not sure I was expecting to hear a, a coach say that this early on, but... Uh, that that is a, a I think a positive development for the Huskers if they're prepared to say that saying yeah he came in to be our quarterback one because that means I think that 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 they're getting what they expected out of Casey Thompson if they're now comfortable of saying that yeah we brought him in to be quarterback one and, and he's doing his job here so far so means good things for the Huskers I believe at least that's my take if a guy like Mickey Joseph is coming up there and saying things like that but Mickey Joseph continued uh, really by, by saying. That he doesn't mind how college football has changed, or not necessarily that. He's going to change with the tides. I mean, that's one of the changes is this free agency type thing. So Mickey was asked, how do you feel about how college football is changing? And here's what he had to say. Well, I'm easy. I, I go with change. I'm not, I'm not the one. If you want to change, let's change. Because if, if, you, if you sit back and you don't change, you're going to be left behind. You, you can't fight something that's already in place. It's already in place. So why fight it? Why say I hate it? I don't like it. Okay, if you don't like it, you got to get out of college football. You know, I mean, the, the transfer portal is like free agency right now. And it's going to, it's going to, and it's going to, I'm not saying it's going to hurt high school kids, but you're going to take that 22 year old before you take that 17 year old. You're going to take a kid to spend two years on campus that a kid had no years on campus. It's a business. And at the end of the day, coaches, we understand it's a business. So that's Mickey Joseph talking with the media this morning about Casey Thompson, the transfer portal, how college football is changing. Let's get uh, one or two more thoughts here from Mickey Joseph before we get out of here. This segment, we wrap up our one as uh, he talked about the guys in the room, though, their wide receiver room. Those are the guys he is focused on. Another way college football is changing is that uh, really kids, they, they had that transfer portal in their back pocket. If, if they aren't getting playing time, if they're ready to go, uh, they can leave at any time and not have to pay the price. So he, he discussed really that these guys through spring football, it's it's high pressure. You don't have the, the ability to sit behind guys for three years anymore and develop. Uh, you got to get on the field early if you want to stick and stay somewhere. And he discussed how this spring he's made it clear to his guys that they're playing for roster spots. They're not playing for the future. They're playing for a roster spot now. They, they got to continue to improve and I'm going to put pressure on them. 
I'm going to put pressure on them because I, I spoke to all of them about they're playing for roster spots. They, it's not it's not the old, the old days where you're just going to sit here for three years and not play. You're playing for roster spots. You're going to get it done or you're going to get it done somewhere else, you know, because we're not going to sit back and just try to help you develop and you're not continuing to develop. If you don't want to develop, then I don't, I don't know if you're going to be able to play for me. Yeah, and, and that's just – that's that's the way college football is moving, and that's what Nebraska needs this offseason when you see how close they were uh, last year. So you need guys that are going to come in and, and make an instant impact, guys that are going to take you from that team that was so close to winning nine games last season. They only, they only won three, but they were close to winning nine. Who are those guys going to be? How do you get those those guys in the room to step up and make the change? I think that's how you do it is you give them that sense of urgency that, nah, this isn't just a normal spring. This is a spring where, where you're playing for your spot on this team. If you're not going to cut it, uh, then you can go cut it somewhere else. So that's Mickey Joseph. More thoughts here with Hale Varsity Radio presented by the Nebraska Lottery coming up after the break. Chime in 402-466-ESPN or email the show, chris at halevarsity.com. Just try me, try me. Back to Hale Varsity Radio. Back in here as we wrap up Hour 1, it's Hale Varsity Radio presented by the Nebraska Lottery. Elijah Herbal here with you on a Tuesday as Chris Schmidt travels back from vacation in Arizona. It's been a weird couple days here on Hale Varsity, but we're getting back to uh, our normal as a fully live show today. Coming up, a couple interviews with Jacob Padilla and Greg Smith coming your way. That's an hour two, um, as well as... Uh, We'll take a look at my bracket. I know I had uh, some high hopes last Wednesday for going perfect. Let's just say it uh, was not anywhere close to that. Uh, But as we wrap up hour one here, let's uh, take a look at the Husker Pro Day, which went down earlier today. That's what we're going to be talking a little bit about with Jacob Padilla as uh, we have some results coming in. Uh, But first, let's take you through the Huskers that did perform today. That was Austin Allen, Damian Daniels. Markel Dismuke, Deontay Williams, JoJo Doman, Levi Falk, Cam Jurgens, Cam Taylor Britt, Samari Toure, and Ben Stilley. So a total of 10 Huskers performing today, as well as a couple from across the state. That includes uh, some from University of Nebraska Kearney. I know we had a uh, Concordia athlete out there as well today. They performed in front of 28 NFL scouts. So 28 NFL scouts made the trip to Lincoln today to check out the Huskers in action day. Also, some former Huskers in attendance. We had Lamar Jackson, Darian Daniels, the the Davis twins, uh, just to name a few of the, the former Huskers that are out there supporting their former teammates as they made it through their pro day today. Uh, some eye-popping numbers just to, to quickly take a look at as uh, the number one that stood off or stood out on the board for me was Cam Jurgens' 33 and a half inch vertical jump, unofficial number here, uh, but with uh, how they do that vertical jump, that's pretty much official. 33 and a half inches, which, if you're wondering, is the exact same as Cam Taylor Britt. So a huge number in the vertical jump from Cam Jurgens as uh, he impressed at the uh, the NFL scouting combine. Looks like he impressed again today at the pro day as uh, we'll see what his draft stock does over the next couple weeks as we get geared up for the NFL draft, only here about a month away. Also, another guy who didn't get a chance to perform at the NFL scouting combine, that's Samari Toure. He had a really, really fast 40-yard dash, a 4-4-3, 40 for Samari Toure, along with a 34-inch vertical jump and a 10-foot, 4-inch broad jump. Some good numbers there from Samari Toure as 
He had a pretty good uh, showing at the East-West Shrine Bowl. Didn't get the combine invite out of it, but put up some good numbers uh, here at the Pro Day. What, what's going to make things tough for Samari Toure is this is a extremely deep wide receiver draft class this year. And uh, that's one of the reasons why he didn't get an invite to the combine. They shrunk the numbers a little bit uh, since COVID for the guys that actually get an invite out to the combine. And just with uh, the amount of top-end talent at the wide receiver position that goes through college football every single year, uh, this year was was bound to be a, a deep class with the guys that decided to take it another year because of COVID or the guys that with COVID, uh, <clears throat> excuse me, uh, decided that after one good year this year, uh, they didn't want any craziness to happen. They've already seen some craziness happen in their college football career, so they're going to go take their talents to the NFL where there's uh, a little bit less of a chance for that. So we'll see what happens with Samari Toure's draft stock. Cam Jurgens' draft stock, though, moving on up. Uh, we'll see what it means for all the Huskers, though, that were involved at Pro Day today, and we'll get Jacob Padilla's thoughts about that here next hour. Also get some Husker basketball thoughts with Jacob Padilla, a recruiting recon segment coming up with Greg Smith. That's all coming up next hour as uh, a fully loaded show here. Elijah Herbal taking you through this Tuesday edition of Hale Varsity Radio presented by the Nebraska Lottery. Pardon the interruption, but I'd like to save you some money. Hey, it's Chris Schmidt with Hale Varsity, and I wanted to offer listeners of this podcast $10 off the price of an annual subscription. That means that you, for less than $20, can get everything we produce, 10 issues of our monthly magazine, our annual football yearbook, and all the premium content we produce at HaleVarsity.com. Just go to HaleVarsity.com backslash subscribe and enter in the promo code GBR for $10 off a full year of Hale Varsity. That's Hale Varsity dot com backslash subscribe promo code gbr welcome to hail varsity radio the voice of husker nation insight opinion expertise with the biggest and best names talking nebraska across the state join the show on twitter at hail varsity and at schmidt underscore radio call in at 402-466-ESPN or 1-800-825-5865 here's chris schmidt Back in here on a Tuesday, we're into hour two of Hale Varsity Radio presented by the Nebraska Lottery as we're getting back into our daily live shows. Chris Schmidt back from Arizona tomorrow. It's Elijah Herbal taking you through the rest of this show today as we aren't short of things to talk about. Talked about the Husker women, Husker men's basketball, Husker football, Husker baseball. Just tons of things to talk about today because uh, we've had such a long layoff since our last live show. One of the uh, the biggest things that uh, we missed over the weekend was just uh, the, the crazy news dump almost from Husker basketball. It's just all come down within a couple days of each other. First, it was Matt Abdelmassi leaving the program, then Doc Sadler. Uh, now we have had uh, confirmation Bryce McGowans will be headed off to the NBA. And today, just about half an hour ago, news that Eduardo Andre will be entering the transfer portal. And we'll, we'll get into all that here in just a second with Jacob Padilla. But Jacob, first where I want to begin is how screwed up is your bracket right now? Were you even close? Because I, I had high hopes for my bracket and I'm looking at it now and I'm in like the 25th percentile. I'm just terrible. Yeah, no, mine's not doing well. Um I'm 44th percentile right now. Um, I had a strong year last year. I finished, I believe, third in the Herdat uh, slash Hale Varsity uh, group. Um, someone snuck up past uh, Brandon Vogel and myself at the end to, to win the thing because of uh, Baylor. But um, this year I kind of 
basically because of the chaos of the previous week and how much it drained me with the state tournament uh, going right into AU tryouts and everything on Sunday, I went in there on Wednesday night and just like filled out uh, the bracket. I didn't put all that much thought into it. I just went out and picked some teams and um, I didn't expect to do as well this year. Um, and sure enough, I, I have not, but uh, I'm not last. So that's, that's good. Before we get to Husker basketball, have you, have you been surprised with the struggle of Big Ten teams? I mean, Iowa getting bounced in the first round, uh, Illinois getting bounced. I mean, so many Big Ten teams already out of this tournament. It's only uh, Purdue and Michigan left. I mean, that, that kind of seems to be what we've seen as the standard from the, the Big Ten. But it was another strong year for the Big Ten with, uh, how was it, eight teams making it into the tournament this year. And uh, another year where, uh, excuse me, I guess we had nine teams make it in this year if you count Rutgers. But uh, just uh, another year where the, the Big Ten seems to fall on its face the first weekend. Should we not count Rutgers? I don't know. The, the, those first four, it, it seems to – I can never tell whether I can count those teams or not. <laughs> um, yeah. Um, I, it, it's tough. I mean, because, yeah, based on seedings, um, Michigan getting there, that, that's a great move for them. That's obviously upset um, as an 11 seed getting there. But you have some of your – and then Purdue was the, the best team in the Big Ten – um, this year, close to it, and they're still alive. So, seeding wise, um, you got one surprise, one not so much a surprise, and then everybody else has failed to make it. Obviously, Illinois um, got uh, manhandled by Houston there, mm-hmm. um, and nobody else really able. Uh, I guess Michigan State gave Duke a, a run for its money, but that's not a game that you would have expected Michigan State to win. Um, so, I mean, Wisconsin with Chucky getting hurt um, and just, I mean, with Johnny Davis being hurt basically since the Nebraska game, he just wasn't himself to close out the year. So that that's one where it's an upset, but it's also understandable why that team might have struggled. Uh, Ohio State is with a seven seed going up against a two in Villanova, so I don't know that you would expect them to win that one. So like, you go case by case, it, it's understandable. Um, like there aren't any, it's not like, uh, big 10 got upset by a 14 or 15 seed, um, really. So that's, I mean, you would like to see, uh, them have a little bit more success, but it, it also makes sense that you're down to two teams. So I, I mean, I, it's not what the, the big 10 have wanted, but it's also, again, the fact that they've got two teams still alive, including 11 seeds. Uh, also, I mean, I, I think people may be going too overboard with the uh, um, the Big Ten's dead, and you can't you can't win coming out of the Big Ten or whatever that, that talk is. Yeah. Jacob Padilla is with us here on Hale Varsity Radio. Jacob, good, good takes there. I want to move to to Husker basketball. Though it was a big weekend, it's our, our first chance to really talk about it uh, here on Hale Varsity Radio. So the, the first three moves. Not entirely unexpected with Doc Sadler, Matt Abdomazi, and Bryce McGowan's all deciding to leave. Was a little bit surprised Nate Eduardo Andre decided to enter his name into the transfer portal. We'll get there in just a second, but first I want to get your reaction uh, to the, the Husker coaches that are going to be leaving it and where you think the Huskers go from here. Yeah, that's, um, I, like you said, I, I don't think anything that's, even the Andre news, I don't think anything that's happened thus far has been all that surprising. Um, I I think kind of riding was on the roll with Matt Aldamasi there when Fred decided to come back and there was talk about changing the way 
um, he, he was operating and some of the, the game plan. Um, I, I think at that point the, the, it was done there and he was planning to go a different direction and um, kind of start this thing over uh, in regards to how he runs his program and um, the way things work there and has the, the, the coaching staff structured. So, And then Doc Sather also kind of the same deal where he was um, – they had already kind of moved him off the active coaching staff for this year to, to make room for Nate Lenzer. And I, I just don't know that they're, they're probably uh, – you got a new AD coming in um, at this point. There's probably not a, um, a strong justification for – uh, a special assistant to the head coach making a full assistant coach salary. Um, so I think at this point in his career, it was probably like Doc moving on was probably something that you could have seen coming as well. So the, the, the one kind of now that we're waiting on is the status of Armand Gates. And with his brother Dennis getting the head coaching job down at Missouri, is, is that a possibility where we see Gates going to join his brother, which would open up another spot on Fred Hoiberg's staff that he would have to fill. Um, I haven't, uh, I know I'm sure he's been hard at work kind of um, vetting candidates and all that. I haven't, personally, I haven't heard uh, any names pop out yet. Um, so we'll have to kind of see how the progr- uh, the process plays out. we got another week and um, then we'll, I mean, the, the Final Four is basically the, the biggest coaching convention uh, in college basketball every single year. So, uh, if we don't hear any news before then, I'm sure we will hear news shortly after that. But I, I think Hoiberg's going to try to to move quickly here to to get that staff solidified so that they're ready to pounce on anybody in the transfer portal that um, th- that they may that they may covet. That will be a little bit tougher to uh, convince than Sam Griesel, who obviously had the, the personal ties to the program. I mean, Jacob, do you think, I mean, I know you said you haven't heard any names yet, but do you think there's a chance that, I mean, Fred, we can assume, probably knew these moves are going to be coming at the end of the season, even dating back to when Trev Alberts endorsed him for another year. He, he probably knew the moves he was going to be making. Do you think he has a, a short list already in mind of guys he's going to bring in, even though we haven't heard any candidates? I, I mean, in terms of guys he's worked with in the past, either in the NBA or, or college basketball, do you think this is going to be like a, a, a new group of names, maybe with guys he's never worked with before? Yeah, I think we'll probably be probably be a mix. I mean, it's it's not like he has a giant uh, coaching tree that he can reach out to of guys that he's worked with previously, and um, guys like T.J. Otzelberger uh, that he may have a relationship with. Well, T.J.'s got his own gig right now, so you're not going to be going to him to, to be an assistant. So, um, I mean, I, I don't know that there are a ton of guys that he's worked with previously that are kind of still in the game right now and that um, would be potential candidates for Hoiberg um, to, to bring to Lincoln. Um, so I'm sure there are some guys out there that uh, are still doing it that he's got ties with. And I'm, I said, if we don't get, if we don't see these moves made before then, um, and I think that the final four and kind of everything that goes around with that, uh, he could be looking at um, just based on, references from others he know he knows and has worked with um could be evaluating a lot of things uh, at this point but um yeah i think right now he's kind of going through that and narrowing down his list i'm sure um there were some names i'm sure he went to right away and um we'll see kind of how that continues to play out here i'm sure we'll we'll start to hear some names here before too long i think like i said i think i think he wants to try to get this done so that they're as prepared as possible to, to move the program forward 
Jacob Padilla is with us here on Hale Varsity Radio. You can find Jacob on Twitter at Jacob Padilla underscore. And Jacob, I want to get to the, the, other equa- or the other side of the equation here uh, with the departures, and that's the players. Bryce McGowan's uh, declaring he's going to the NBA draft. He's signed with uh, Jay-Z's uh, sports label, actually, uh, to be representing him during this process. We also have now news that Eduardo Andre is going to be entering the transfer portal. I first want to start with the departure of Bryce McGowan's. Not entirely unexpected. Uh, I think some Husker fans were hoping that he'd be a guy who'd stick around and, and go for the Keegan Murray or, or Jaden Ivey route and kind of have a, a big second year to really propel them uh, into the, the NBA draft lottery. But what's your just initial reaction here? What are his NBA prospects? And uh, what do you think Nebraska does try to, to try to fill the void next season? Yeah, um, I, this this was always the plan, and I think that the one and done route. And I think Fred Hoiberg knew that. Um, Bryce McGowan's had already kind of set that out, and um, I don't think anything that happened this season, one way or the other, kind of dissuaded them from that. And he's still kind of in that um, that first round range. Like he's probably not where he wants to be right now in terms of just how um, he he's viewed as a prospect, but. He'll have a chance to, to change that here as they move into the the, the pre-draft process, where um, obviously you got the combine coming up this summer and um, chance to to keep working out to to um, kind of show off with, with some of the uh, athletic testing and drills and to, to get to talk to some of these coaches and kind of make his case. So um, I, I think he's he, again he's 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 definitely in the draftable range and. He does have a chance to, I think, put himself into a good position this year, whereas uh, you point to some of the guys, particularly in the Big Ten, that had some breakout years. I think their situations were a little different where they maybe weren't quite as highly thought. They didn't have the kind of same pedigree that Bryce does now um, heading into last year. So I think think there are some people that really would have liked Jaden Ivey last year, but guys like Johnny Davis and Keegan Murray, I think people were expecting a breakout year. I don't know that anybody expected them to be lottery picks. And I don't think that they would have been first-round picks probably a year ago if they had come out after their freshman years um, when they weren't top top, top options for a team. And they were, bas- they were both basically coming off the bench and um, playing that role. So um, I-, I think this was always a plan for Bryce, and nothing that happened this year dissuaded him one way or the other. Okay, and what about Eduardo Andre? Whenever you hear he's off to the transfer portal, I mean, my first impression here is, uh, I mean, I don't want to read too far into it, but it, it makes me think there's probably going to be uh, other guys in, in that forward position, that center forward spot next season, that it would be taking minutes from him with Breidenbach coming back. Uh, we're, we're unsure what Derek Walker is going to be doing next season. Uh, but then you also have guys like Blaze Chieta coming in who's going to be taking up some minutes too. Is, is that your impression as well, that it's just going to be, uh, more competition for minutes next season, and he's not sure where he's going to shake out? Yeah, I'm sure that's, that, that played a big part of it, and we still have to see what happens with Derek Walker. We still have to see uh, with, with Matt Abdelmasi's departure, does Blaze Key just stick with his uh, commitment? Does he make the Lincoln? If that's the case, and obviously you've got Wilhelm Breidenbach coming off the injury, and Wilhelm had slid over to the four uh, because they needed more size there, but previously he had already jumped ahead of Eduardo as a backup five. Uh, if you remember from the first couple of games in the season. So um, either way, I think playing time would have been a little bit tougher. And I just, I, I, I wouldn't be surprised at all to see him kind of maybe drop down a level um, where he has a chance to play more of a feature role than he has at Nebraska, where um, he just kind of struggled to, to get out on the court and, and stay there and play significant playing time. So 
Uh, he's probably felt like he wasn't a, wasn't able gonna wasn't going to be able to progress as much as he wanted to heading into year three uh, at Nebraska had he stayed. Just combination of um, the level of competition that he would face and uh, the depth at his position on the team. So I'm sure all of that uh, played a part in his decision to kind of look to, for a fresh start. Jake, about two minutes left here. Let's move to the, the pro day. You were in attendance today down at the Hawks Championship Center. Uh, what were your takeaways from the pro day? Who had a good day? Did anyone have a bad day? And uh, just overall thoughts on the mood down there today. Yeah, um, I, I think guys enjoyed being there, enjoyed seeing old teammates getting back out on the Hawks field and um, kind of showing what they can do. It's it's good for a guy like Samori Ture, I think, who um, he – Ran a really nice time, uh, looked good in the position drills, kind of uh, just moving real smooth out there, showing off his speed. Um, uh, he he had a pretty good vertical as well. Um, I think he was second uh, at, at like 34 inches behind, a second behind only Jojo Doman, who I think tested really well, as, which you would expect from him, uh, just knowing who he is and what kind of a player he is. Uh, Cam, uh, Cam Jurgens at 304 pounds, Matching Cam Taylor Britt's vertical of 33 and a half inches uh, was pretty impressive, I thought, um, and that kind of shows w- what Jurgens, what kind of athlete Jurgens is, and his explosiveness. Um, so it was a, it was a pretty good day for all involved. I think a lot of guys they kind of d- decided which drills they wanted to do, which uh, measurements, which testing they wanted to go through to kind of help uh, help their case, make their case, and. Um, I think for the most part, everybody we talked to were pretty happy with uh, how things turned out. There he is, Jacob Padilla, joining us here on Hale Varsity Radio. You can find him on Twitter at Jacob Padilla underscore. As uh, it's going to be a wild offseason for Husker basketball, it's a great place to go and uh, get all the news and notes from him. Jacob, appreciate you taking some time out of your day today, and uh, good luck with your bracket the rest of the way. <laughs> all right, appreciate it. There's Jacob Padilla. We caught up with Greg Smith, some recruiting recon, as uh, well as uh, some transfer portal recon. That's all coming up after the break here on Hale Varsity Radio. Pardon the interruption, but I'd like to save you some money. I'm Brandon Vogel, managing editor of Hale Varsity, and I wanted to offer listeners of this podcast $10 off the price of an annual subscription. That means that you, for less than $20, can get everything we produce, 10 issues of our monthly magazine, our annual football yearbook, and all of the premium content we produce at HaleVarsity.com. Just go to HaleVarsity.com slash subscribe and enter the promo code GBR for $10 off a full year of Hale Varsity. That's HaleVarsity.com slash subscribe, promo code GBR. And we're back. Fellas, think we could listen to the radio? On Hale Varsity Radio, presented by the Nebraska Lottery. Yes, that's awesome. Rolling through hour two here on Hale Varsity Radio, presented by the Nebraska Lottery. It's Elijah Herbal taking you through solo today as uh, we await Chris Schmidt's return from Arizona tomorrow. I know he's going to have a lot to say. He usually doesn't go a full week without talking anything uh, about the Huskers. So uh, I'm excited to hear what uh, Schmidt's got to say about all the Husker news and notes that we've gotten a chance to talk about here today. We just heard. Uh, some Husker basketball thoughts, what the coaching staff changes mean and the roster changes mean uh, for Husker basketball. Heard from, uh, just heard from Jacob Padilla. Uh, if you missed that interview, you can check it out on uh, the podcast form, ESPNLincoln.com, or you can check out the full show 
uh, Apple Podcasts, Google Play, Spotify, uh, whatever, however you get your podcasts, even on Hale Varsity's YouTube page. Uh, there's so many options for you to get this podcast. Uh, so uh, those are how, excuse me, <clears throat> those are the ways you can check uh, this podcast out if uh, you've missed any of the show today. Excited now to welcome in a recruiting insider for Hale Varsity Magazine, Greg Smith, with us here on Hale Varsity Radio. And Greg, I, I didn't get a chance to get out and get on my grill this weekend. I uh, contracted the flu and was pretty much stuck either in my bed or on my couch all weekend to sleep so I was disappointed I had plans to hit the grill so please tell me you got out and got something on the grill this weekend hey man I absolutely did uh excuse me um I did and it's funny as you mentioned Smith because I actually sent him a couple of pictures yesterday um as I did some uh, ribeyes on the grill oh. yesterday um with a, with a little steak butter it was good some sweet corn like we had it going yesterday even though i waited too long and almost got rained on um and ruined the whole experience hey some grilling's better than none i mean i was sitting at home eating chicken noodle soup all weekend and just looking longingly at my grill out the window it, it, okay that's kind of rough man you, you're painting <laughs> a, a sad picture um i'm glad to hear that you're feeling a little bit better though oh yeah yeah yeah, yeah I'm, I'm feeling great it's, it's i was saying back in hour one t- today is my flu game I'm, I'm powering through the pain putting up a triple double you know what i'm saying <laughs> right right that's what you got to do of course you got to throw in throwing up a triple double like there's no other way right yeah well greg let's get into some recruiting thoughts here as uh it, it was I said it back in our one. I'm going to say it again because I was really proud of this one. I said a big visitor for Nebraska, both literally and figuratively, that's offensive tackle Caden Green, a top 100 type recruit coming in here visiting the Huskers. And it sounds like he liked what he saw on campus this weekend. Yeah, he absolutely did like what he saw. Um, he was here yesterday and really got to be here all day. Um, is it's kind of a really interesting thing that I think Nebraska is trying to do on purpose. And I, I wrote about that, uh, spoiler alert, for the recruiting notebook tonight that will go live here in about 30 minutes on com. where I think Nebraska is trying to do some more of these individualized personal, uh, personal visits so they can get kids here kind of one-on-one or maybe get two guys on campus at a time for one of these practice visits and spend a whole lot of time with them. Um, and when they had Caden Green on campus yesterday, he was here, I think he told me last night, from 10.30 a.m. to 6 p.m. Um, so he got to see everything that Nebraska had to offer, and he came away really impressed. So, uh, Green, he's a 2023 kid, correct? Yeah, he's a, he's a 2023 kid, uh, four-star player out of Lee Summit, Missouri, um, you said he was big. He is six five three ten. Um, that, that's a grown man uh, for a kid just going into his senior year of high school. Um, and he's a kid that you want to get involved with that Missouri pipeline uh, for one. And that's been a big buzz phrase around here for Husker fans for a long time. But also, he's one of the best uh, offensive line recruits uh, in this region. Uh, so you definitely, and Nebraska's going up against uh, you know Michigan's Oklahoma. Uh, Missouri is where he was going to visit today, the, the in-state school. Uh, so Nebraska's got some stiff competition, but he told me that he's releasing the top five tomorrow. Uh, I think Nebraska, after that visit, clearly put itself in the midst there. Yeah, and I, mean, I think as we've been talking about for a while now, it's going to start on the field, getting these top kids in here. It's going to start with results on the field. Uh, and I want to move to a different kid who is also going to take some results on the field. Uh, that's Dylan Ryle. We've talked about him a couple times, but I saw this weekend – uh, the recruiting service on three put him as uh, his their top quarterback in the recruiting cycle, and uh, that's high praise for Dylan Rello. I mean, he's got some of the the top schools in the country coming after him. So after we see this, you know the the recruitment's going to be 
just fast and, and, and really a, a whirlwind for him with the amount of different schools that are going to be coming in trying to get his, his signature. So I, I want to get your take. Uh, Nebraska obviously needs to get some wins on the field this fall to even stand a chance, but what are Nebraska's chances with him, especially with his uncle here? Are, are you liking them? Are you not liking them? Or are you going to say, let's wait and see how the Huskers do this fall? So here's what I would say about Dylan Rayola's recruitment. I, I think that Nebraska, I like their chances to stay in the mix, um, which is about as good as I think it can go uh, for any kid that's rated that highly uh, that Nebraska is after. Now, Nebraska does have um, obviously some big-time connections there. Obviously, his uncle is the offensive line coach here. His dad's name is in the stadium um, in the ring of honor, right? And so I think that those, and he's, he's got a special connection himself, Dylan does, with Nebraska. Like when he came here last season for a visit, he told me um, that it was a really special thing and he was glad that he was able to do that. He'll be back here again for the spring game as well. Um, it's just difficult uh, because, like you said, everyone in the country is after this kid. And he may end up being not just the number one quarterback in the class for 24, he may be the number one player um, in the class for, for 2024. Um, he's got a chance to be that good in his class. And with that comes a whole lot of recruiting attention, right? Everybody in the country is after him. He just went down to Georgia. Um, I know Texas is involved as well. There's other schools. USC um, with Lincoln Riley is a school that is high on him. I think Clemson is also in the mix as well. Like it really is like the who's who of college football and those teams that are in the college football playoff contention. And so, yes, Nebraska does need to be able to show some progress on the field to really ultimately get that done. I don't think that it's going to happen if Nebraska can't really improve on the field uh, just based on the other teams that are recruiting him really hard at this point. Greg, speaking of the, the who's who of college football, it's not often you see a, a defending national champion come into Lincoln. I mean, aside from Nebraska back in the 90s, but it's not often you see a defending national champion come into Lincoln and, and make an offer for a Lincoln high school kid. We saw that this weekend with Malachi Coleman picking up an offer from the Bulldogs. I want to get your reaction to that and just the way that Malachi Coleman's recruitment is going. Yeah, it's great for Malachi. Um, his, his stock has continued to rise, and it went up. It, he was through the roof last year um, when during his uh, junior season when he was having such a good season. He was getting after the quarterback. He was scoring touchdowns, scored double-digit touchdowns uh, for Lincoln East last year, and he started to see the regional uh, recruitment really pick up steam, right? He went to Michigan. He went to Minnesota, some other schools. Nebraska had been already in the mix. Nebraska was his first Power 5 offer. Um, and now he's kind of out there on the camp circuit going to see uh, with a seven-on-seven team and able to see different schools in different parts of the country. Went down to Georgia, and they really liked him. I think they offered him as an outside linebacker. Uh, right now, Nebraska likes him as a wide receiver. He could play either at the college level. It just kind of depends on how his body grows. I think that his recruitment is going to continue to pick up steam. I don't see any end in sight uh, for these big-time offers that are coming after him. I'll be curious to see the real tell, tell sign for him, uh, especially when it relates to Georgia. Does Kirby Smart or someone from Kirby Smart's staff come up here during the next contact period? That will tell you a lot about their intentions. Uh, but Nebraska is definitely in the mix in one of his top schools I think they'll be there to the end um, but things definitely get more concerning from Nebraska's point of view when schools like Georgia are offering kids in your backyard Greg one more name for you I saw on Twitter yesterday that Jordan Castell is going to be uh, here visiting the university uh, at the spring game he's a defensive back out of Florida what can you tell me about Jordan 
Yeah, another one of those kind of Travis Fisher specials, right? As, as we always look up, it feels like every year we just kind of say when we're previewing the next recruiting class with this staff, um, Travis Fisher is going to find guys from, from Florida in the defensive back room that are more interested than any of us in doing this recruiting stuff for a living um, have an idea of. And I think Jordan Costello is another one of those kids. He's a good-sized kid, just like most of the guys um, that Travis Fisher are recruiting. He's 6'2", 200 pounds in that range. Um, and he'll be up here for a few days, actually, during that um, spring game weekend. And I'm trying to lock down whether or not that's going to be an official visit or not uh, because Nebraska is trying to use official visits for spring game weekend because you can do that now under the rules. Um, and so it'll be curious to see how many official visits Nebraska gets to use because that 2023 class is off to a good start. Um, and I think they'd like to continue to push that forward even more by getting some official visits and maybe some commitments out of that. Greg Smith, Hale Varsity Recruiting Insider, with us here on Hale Varsity Radio. You can uh, find him on Twitter, at Greg Smith HV. And uh, Greg, to, to shift away from recruiting, I guess, a little bit, I'm not sure how, how different Transfer Portal is, but we, we saw yesterday that Feldarius Payne is committed. His next destination is going to be Virginia Tech, headed back a little bit closer to home for his final college football season. So is Nebraska in the transfer portal looking for a guy to come in and replace Feldarius Payne as a pass rushing candidate, or are they happy with what they, they have in the room right now based on what you're seeing? Yeah, I, I think the, the curious thing about Feldarius Payne leaving Nebraska was is that Nebraska already was looking for additional pass rush help. They needed more than just Feldarius. Then he leaves. That leaves even an even bigger hole. Um, I think they're absolutely going to have to continue looking in the transfer portal for pass rush. Um, I think it's safe to say that it's just we just don't know where that's going to come from with the guys on the on the current roster unless someone's taken a giant leap forward. Um, you just haven't seen many sacks produced by Nebraska under Scott Frost. I think they were um, they had 20 last year overall. They were 12th in the Big Ten. Um, in sacks overall last season, so they just need to be able to produce more of that. They played good defense last year. Without it, you cannot count on that every year. So I think that Nebraska will definitely be looking for more pass rush help in the portal, um, but they'll be able to evaluate what they have through spring and then kind of do that later on because pass rusher, a guy that you just have come in and get after the quarterback, um, can come onto your roster a little bit later than most positions, um, so it'll work out that way. Um, Ochan Mathis is a guy out of TCU that Nebraska is still really having involved with. Uh, he's only taken a visit to Texas so far. Nebraska needs to get him up here on, an, on a visit um, to really continue to push that re- recruitment forward. But Nebraska need, definitely needs more pass rushers on the team. Greg, last thought here before we get you out. About 60 seconds. Uh, we, we played some thoughts from uh, the Husker coaches back in hour one. And one of the ones that really stood out to me was uh, where Mickey Joseph said, I mean, the transfer portal is essentially free agency, and we brought in Casey Thompson to be quarterback one. And that's kind of what we all assumed here. That's not any groundbreaking news, but I thought it was interesting to hear a quarterback, or sorry, excuse me, a coach uh, just say that so directly here in, in spring football, saying, yeah, he's our guy. He's our number one guy. That's what we brought him here for. Uh, what's your reaction to that? Do you think that means good things for, for what the Husker coaches have seen from Casey Thompson thus far in spring football? Yeah, actually, I think that's a really good point on the end there is that I think that that tells you what this coaching staff has seen from Casey and the leadership that he's displayed since he's been here. And we've heard all the stories about what he's been doing off the field to get the bond with his teammates and then the work that he's put in on the field. I also thought it was interesting that Joseph said with, about the transfer portal that he tells his guys in his room, hey, you're fighting for roster spots. You're not just fighting for playing time anymore. You're fighting for roster spots. And that just goes to the, his direct nature and everything that you've always heard about Mickey Joseph is that he's a he's a personable guy, but he's a tough-nosed coach that will really be straight up with his guys. 
Well, here he is, Greg Smith. Find him and follow him on Twitter at GregSmithHV for all the recruiting coverage. Greg, thanks for a few minutes today. Hey, thanks as always, man, and I hope you feel better and you can get back on your grill. Like what you hear? High-quality radio and podcast is part of what we do at Hale Varsity. Hey, it's Chris Schmidt with Hale Varsity Radio, and I wanted to offer listeners of the Hale Varsity Radio Show podcast $10 off the price of an annual subscription. That means that you, for less than $20, can get everything we produce, 10 issues of our monthly magazine, our annual football yearbook, and all the premium content we produce at HaleVarsity.com. Just go to HaleVarsity.com backslash subscribe and enter in the the promo code GBR for $10 off a full year of Hail Varsity. That's HailVarsity.com backslash subscribe promo code GBR. And now, and now back to Hail Varsity Radio. Good stuff there from Greg Smith. As uh, it's good to get a recruiting recon segment with Greg. It's been a while since we caught up with him. And uh, he brought the goods. Uh, Greg Smith, find him on Twitter at Greg Smith HV and check out the podcast form of that interview on ESPNLincoln.com. You can catch it there along with Jacob Padilla's interview to kick off our one as we talked about some of the shakeups with Husker basketball. The one topic that we really haven't gotten a chance to get into so far today is we've talked Husker men's basketball. We, we briefly hit on the Husker women's team. Uh, spent some time on the Husker football team back in action this week as they get back from spring break and get back into spring practice. Uh, we, we've really hit on it all, even hit on some NCAA tournament. But one thing we, we've shorted a little bit today has been the Husker baseball team, and that's because really who, who wants to talk about what went down this weekend? The Huskers showed a great fight, great resiliency after I was forced to an early bedtime on Friday night as uh, they came back, showed, I mean, that that that. Uh, the gritty over pretty mentality that we got to see last season. Uh, it was on full display on Friday night as the Huskers came back and walked off Texas A&M Corpus Christi. But unfortunately, a beautiful weekend for baseball. Uh, but the Huskers not able to bring that uh, that same mentality with them uh, and, and that same beautiful baseball that, that we've been seeing so far at, at Haymarket Park this season as they had uh, their... I mean, I don't think I'm wrong in saying it. I saw it on Twitter, and I haven't had a chance to independently confirm, so I apologize if this is incorrect, but uh, I saw it as the most lopsided loss for the Husker baseball team since they moved to Haymarket Park uh, from uh, the old Buck Belzer as they lose by 17 runs, 21-4 to four on Sunday. Just an ugly, ugly loss. Uh, it was, excuse me, tied for the worst in Haymarket Park history. Uh, their worst since a 19-2 defeat against Oklahoma State. I, I went up and I, 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 I checked. I did my proper journalism. I, I checked the facts. Tied for the worst loss at Haymarket Park and the worst loss since 1992 when Creighton won by 18, 19-1 back in 1992. An ugly, ugly day for the Huskers on Sunday. Will Bolt, when asked if he had ever been a, a part of a game like Sunday ever in his career, very blunt. No, never. Never, ever, nope. Never, ever has he had a game like that. Dawson McCarville, not his strongest showing after a great showing the weekend before as uh, he was yanked after two innings. Uh, Corpus Christi racked up 23 hits, uh, which was a record against the Huskers. Just an ugly day all around, an ugly weekend for the Huskers as they drop a, another series to Corpus Christi. It's got to be something with that warm weather. 
the weather was uh, warm down south and the Huskers struggled. They came back up to some cooler Midwestern spring weather, started to play a little better. The weather warmed back up. Maybe that's the problem. Maybe the Huskers are just used to hitting on uh, on some some colder days. I don't know. I can't explain it at this point. I didn't think that it would be this bad this early for Husker baseball, but it seems to me that the, the problem is is they rely far too much on the long ball for their for their run support. They're, they're reliant on that home run ball whenever they're getting out hit just up and down the order like they were this weekend. The, the long ball's not going to cut it because, um, I mean, really, teams, you, you can handle. If, if you put up six runs, you can handle a solo shot, a two-run shot. Home runs are not the easy way to score runs. It's Singles and doubles. Singles and doubles are how you score runs in baseball. I will stand by that till the day I die. I'm sure Mike Babcock agrees with me on that one, too. We'll talk with Mike about the Husker baseball team tomorrow at 425. Our usual interview with uh, Babbers coming up. Schmidty's also going to be back tomorrow on a Wednesday edition of Hale Varsity Radio as uh, we're looking forward to getting back to normal. Before we get out of here uh, today, let's get you a few more thoughts from the Husker coaching staff as... <coughs> Excuse me, my cough drop's worn off. <coughs> We're back. Feeling better now. Got that frog out of my throat. So uh, get back to Mickey Joseph. As uh, we heard him discuss back in hour one, Casey Thompson, and what Casey Thompson's already bringing to this offense early in the spring. But uh, we didn't get to hear what he thought about the receivers. And one guy who's been getting high praise all throughout spring ball has been Alante Brown. Alante Brown's been a guy you've been waiting for to pop. He, you've seen the, him in flashes uh, on the field showing what he can do, but it's never felt like he's had that consistent opportunity. We'll see if his uh, if this tutelage by by Mickey Joseph uh, clicks for him as he's been apparently a standout performer. Tay, as they call him, uh, has been a guy that's been wowing the coaches all spring. Here's what Mickey Joseph had to say earlier today about Alante Brown and, and his improvement this spring. Tay's doing a, a really good job. I mean, he... He gets better every day, but he, he's a kid that comes to work every day. He comes to get it done, and I mean, he's 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 probably the most improved guy um, since the start of this process when I came in that I've seen so far. I think Tay's the most improved guy. More from Coach Joseph here on uh, Alante's development, calling him the most improved guy. Uh, here's Coach Joseph kind of explaining that development, what he's seen so far from Alante Brown. You know, he played quarterback in high school. So, you know, his, his, his routes are a lot better. His, his hands are really good to say he was a quarterback. But I think, the, like I said, just the, the, the detailing of the routes, because we always say if we paint a pretty picture, the route can be completed. If we is a bad picture, then, you know, the route won't be completed. But I think Tay's doing a really good job of that. To say that he's being a quarterback, it's, kind of, it's, it's, a, it's not an easy transition from quarterback to receiver. And I remember whenever we talked to Elante Brown here on the show, as uh, he was, as uh, as Coach Joseph said there, a high school quarterback went off to prep school for a year to kind of figure out the wide receiver spot as well as do some returns, and uh, things kind of clicked for him. That's when he got his Nebraska offer, and Elante uh, picking it up. I mean, it hasn't been a receiver for very long. It's going to be huge for him to have a guy like Coach Joseph in here now who's building a, a rapport with some of these, these guys that have already been on campus. Another one of those guys, uh, Omar Manning. As uh, kind of sounds like this coaching staff still trying to figure out what they want from Omar in the offense next year. Is he going to be out wide? Is he going to be in the slot? Still getting reps at both spots. But uh, Coach Joseph also hitting this morning on uh, where Omar stands in terms of his development, what he wants to see from Omar Manning this spring into summer and uh, eventually into a football season this fall. He, he needs to be more consistent. You know, I know he's going to catch the ball, but I got to make sure he's going he's to align right, make sure he's going to run the right route. 
I know he's going to catch the ball. I know he's going to get in there and catch the ball. Just being more consistent in alignment and the route running. And, and, that, and that comes, you know, that, we'll detail that more. That's more on me than him. So there is Coach Joseph uh, discussing Omar Manning as well as Alante Brown. Last thought here from Coach Joseph is he just kind of discusses the, the kids in the room as a whole. I guess we'll, we'll do two more cuts here as uh, just discussing what he's seen from the kids in the room. There's been guys he's brought in, but he's also the guy to coach up these guys he's inherited. And here's what he thinks of them. These kids are some great kids, some great young men. They're doing everything I asked them to do. Everything I'm asking them to do, they're doing. As a follow-up to that, he was asked, I said I said one more. Here's the second one, though. As a follow-up to that, he was asked, what makes him different than the other coaches that these kids have had? What 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 does he think he can do uh, differently uh, than, than what these coaches, or excuse me, what these kids have already seen? I'm, I'm more hands-on. I'm hands-on at everything, off the field, on the field. I'm hands-on. I'm involved in their life, you know, and giving them directions, football, outside of football. So I, 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 you can say I'm like a nosy coach. You know, I want to know what's going on. I don't like surprises. So that was Coach Joseph meeting with the media this morning. Good thoughts from him. I know Husker Nation, pretty excited for what Coach Joseph can bring to this Husker football team next season. You can count me in as one of those people who's excited to see what he can bring. Already sounds like, I mean, a guy that we've seen a a world of talent in Elante Brown is already showing development under uh, Coach Joseph. Same can be said for Omar Manning. Um, We were wondering why he didn't see the field. Maybe that consistency thing that Coach Joseph was talking about is a part of it. I guess we'll see as the spring goes on uh, and into fall camp as uh, Coach Joseph doing some work with the Husker receiving core this spring. We'll wrap up this show coming up after the break. It's Hale Varsity Radio presented by the Nebraska Lottery. Like what you hear? High quality radio and podcasts are just part of what we do at Hale Varsity. I'm Brandon Vogel, Managing Editor, and I wanted to offer listeners of the Hale Varsity Radio Show podcast $10 off the price of an annual subscription. That means that you, for less than $20, can get everything we do, 10 issues of our monthly magazine, our annual football yearbook, and all of the premium content we produce at HaleVarsity.com. Just go to HaleVarsity.com slash subscribe and enter the promo code GBR for $10 off a full year of Hale Varsity. That's HaleVarsity.com slash subscribe promo code gbr miss us come here brother give me a hug bring it in for the real thing we're on call for you catch the podcast at hailvarsity.com the espn lincoln app or download them on itunes saddle up partner back to hail varsity radio one last time here for a Tuesday edition of Hale Varsity Radio presented by the Nebraska Lottery. It's uh, my last segment. I'll be filling in for Chris Schmidt as he returns from vacation down in Arizona tomorrow. Excited to see uh, how tan he has gotten down on the golf courses. I am super jealous of uh, Schmidt. I hear there's no influenza down in Arizona. That's a joke. I'm just kidding. Uh, there's influenza everywhere. But if I was down in Arizona, I probably wouldn't have uh, been sick all weekend long and that's one thing I want to bring up here before I, I wrap up the show because my voice is starting to get a little bit tired here. I'm not sure if you can hear it. sounds like there's a frog in my throat because there is. My voice is a little bit tired. And I, I was thinking about going home, making myself a hottie toddy. You know, just a, a classic drink supposed to help soothe the throat. Now, I tried it this weekend and I decided, I mean, I, I, was, I was pretty sick, so it just ended up really putting me to sleep. But it, I really don't think the hottie toddy is, is that much relevance for a sick person i know that's like a, a classic it's an old old-timey american thing is oh somebody's sick here's a little hottie toddy to warm you up make you feel better but 
I think it's just a reason for people to drink while they're sick. There, there really didn't seem to be anything much better than having like, you know, tea with some honey in there. I've always thought that was good for my throat. The hotty toddy really didn't do it for me. So I don't know. I'm just, I'm just spitballing here. It, it just does not seem like something that, that you'd be drinking if you're actually focused on bettering yourself and improving your wellness. I, I was not a fan after uh, a, a day of being sick all day and trying to get that down to make my throat feel better. It did not help, but today feeling a little bit better. I'm going to give it another go. Maybe it's like something for whenever you're coming out of sickness. I'll, I'll try it again tonight. I'll report back with my findings tomorrow. But before we get out of here, I do want to give a quick update on the ESPN Bracket Challenge. As uh, We had over 120 entries into this. Um, current leader Husker Duke 78 not sure who that is but he is in first place right now as uh, he is one of the top brackets in the country actually with uh, 510 points in the bracket he got all but uh, two no, excuse me all but three of the uh, sweet 16 teams right 13 for 16 is pretty good odds but I'm disappointed because Elijah's broke step back is still sitting in 12th place. Uh, 91st percentile in the country is Elijah's broke step back that bracket. My least favorite one in the challenge is doing way too well and is doing way better than me. I talked about it before how terrible my bracket is doing. I actually made two and both of them are just equally terrible. Both sitting at 350 points right now, um, which is good for about... 25th percentile in the country. It is doing absolutely terrible. I rode the, the Big Ten teams too hard. I had too much confidence. I had too much confidence last week on Wednesday when I was in here saying, I'm going for perfect, perfect. It's uh, it's my year. I'm running out of time. Turns out <clears throat> I was uh, a little bit off there. Will Will was right. Will Will was trying to talk some sense into me, saying we're never, ever going to see a perfect bracket. Um, Well, we're going to have to wait another year at least. Uh, this year is not the year for the perfect bracket. More madness. Uh, as we should come to expect here in March Madness, as uh, it's been a, a, a compelling first weekend. Hopefully, more of that to come. As uh, Christian, I believe, going to be down at Longwell's on Thursday and Friday, previewing the Sweet 16. Uh, so you can come down, have a drink, come visit with us uh, down at Longwell's this weekend. We'll wait for Chris's confirmation on that tomorrow. Again, Chris Schmidt back tomorrow as we're going to get caught up with uh, Mike Babcock tomorrow on a Wednesday. Excited to get caught up and talk some more Husker baseball with Mike as uh, he is money every single day on Wednesdays. We'll see if uh, we have a shoey sighting as well from Wilderness Ridge as I want to get Shuart's take on what uh, Coach Bush said today about getting out and playing golf in the rain. That's all coming up tomorrow. Thanks for tuning in today. Hail Varsity Radio presented by the Nebraska Lottery. A Huda Media Production.